Good morning, everybody. We welcome you in the name of Jesus Christ to worship with us, to learn from God's Word, to pray, to fellowship, all the things we do together on a Sunday morning. We are in a series on spiritual disciplines, opening ourselves to God. So we're going to talk about that in the coming weeks, but what we get to experience this morning is one of the great rituals of the church. In fact, the ritual that begins our life in the church, our welcome into the church, and that is baptism. So it's an, an initiation ceremony more than it is a graduation ceremony. We're in the season of graduations in April and June and whatnot. And uh, very often it's graduation because you have accomplished all these things. And we sometimes have the same mindset about baptism. Well, oh dear, I can't get baptized yet because I'm just not mature enough yet. I just haven't learned enough yet. I, I just don't know, am I a good enough Christian to be baptized? Nope, that's not the way to think of it. It's an initiation. You're just getting started. Of course, Russell will talk more about this later on as we, as we get to that part of the service, but I just wanted to put that out there as part of our introduction on the spiritual disciplines and uh, the great ritual of baptism to initiate us into the Church of Jesus. So let's sing together, How Great Is Our God. And if you're able, please stand. The splendor of the King, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide, and trembles at his voice, and trembles at his voice. How great is our God, sing with me, how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. And age to age he stands, and time is in his hands, beginning and the end. Beginning and the end, the Godhead three and one, Father, Spirit, Son, the Lion and the Lamb, the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, 
to worship you can see on the screen so read it together with us from Isaiah 55 why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy listen listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair give ear and come to me listen that you may live I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. Thank you, God, for inviting us to listen to you. You are our creator. You are our designer. You know exactly what we need and who we are. And so we do listen to you, and we uh, take in the rich resources that you give us of yourself. So... Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we acknowledge your presence here this morning and welcome it. Amen. And now we confess our need of God and his forgiveness with the river. Jesus, I am ready. 
does meet us and guide us. And so we celebrate his light in our lives with my lighthouse. In my wrestling and in my doubts, in my failures you won't walk out. Your great love will lead me through. You are the peace in my troubled sea. Whoa. You are the peace in my troubled sea. In the silence you won't let go. In the questions your truth will hold. Your great love will lead us through. You are the peace in my troubled sea. Oh, you are the peace in my troubled sea. My lighthouse, my lighthouse, shining in the darkness, I will follow you, oh, my lighthouse, my lighthouse, I will trust the promise, you will carry me safe to shore, safe to shore. Let's pray. 
God, we thank you for all that you've given us, and we also want to give back to you, our whole selves, our time, our talents, our treasure. So we give our offerings, not physically visible in this moment, but in our hearts and later on in all those ways. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So being at someone else's baptism is a reminder of our own baptism commitment very often or the opportunity that we have to be baptized. And it is, as I said before, not a graduation, but an initiation, a beginning. I have decided to follow Jesus. So let's sing that together. Number 376, if you want the harmony notes. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me, the world It is good to be back from a bit of a vacation. Before we get into anything else, let me tell you a little bit of a story for it. As you'll remember, a couple weeks back, I set for you all a task in the last of the sermons, a homework assignment, to say what you have been grateful for God for every single day. Now, let me tell you one that I am grateful for. We found out on our vacation that our little daughter, bless her heart, knows how to open barricaded doors now. And we found that out because we were at a place that had a pool in the backyard. And when I got there, she was under, she could not get up. And I tell you, I aged 15 years that day. But at the same time, we got her out. I think you figure that she could become a little bit more afraid of water because she just wanted to jump back in. She thought it was a whole game. But that night, when we did our prayers and thank God for what we were thankful for that day, I wept. So you can see God in new ways every day with the things he does for us. Don't ever forget that. But let's get into the announcements for today. Actually, before we get into the announcements for today, 
today is a celebration for more than just a baptism. It is also a celebration of a graduation. And so I would like to ask Bethany and Isabel up. Big morning for you. You're up a couple times. So <laughs> a tradition we've started in the last few years is purchasing a study Bible for all of the graduates from high school. And so Isabel is our graduate this year. And so we'd like to present her with a student study Bible and also just give her an opportunity to share what she is going to be up to this fall. You know, you already know what you're doing, right? Um, okay, I guess uh, this fall I'm going to Brandon University to study education, to become a teacher, and I don't really know what else. I guess just whatever happens, happens. Amazing. Great. So I'd like to pray for you and um, present you with this Bible. God, thank you so much for Isabel, for the way you've brought her through all these years of the first part of education of her life. And I pray that she'll be a lifelong learner, always be curious, humble to be able to say when she doesn't know something or needs to learn more. And I pray that you would just teach and guide her through your word as well. And the psalmist says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And I pray that you would just direct her and that you would guide her um, yeah, through many people um, through and through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you have your Bibles on you, now is the time to pull them on out. I say Bibles, didn't I? If you have your bulletins on you, now is the time to pull them on out. There's a couple things that are in there. The first one is this Tuesday, 7 p.m. at Bethany and Dawson's, there's going to be a bridal shower for Naomi Sawatsky. And so, uh, ladies, make sure to keep that on your calendars. Uh, but since Naomi is moving down stateside soon enough, we ask any gifts that come will be in the form of cash or gift cards only. But she is here today, so make sure that you give her your congratulations all the same. All right. Then after that, Sunday, 10.45 a.m. next week is the worship service. 3 p.m. is going to be the care home service. I am looking forward to that. Everybody is invited to come at 3 p.m. at the care home. And 7 p.m., we're going to be having an evening fireside and snack potluck, which means whatever your favorite snack is, that is what you are bringing. And we're going to have it in the back there. I see that we have a mountain of wood cuttings in the fire pit, so I'm thinking it's even going to be quite a fun fire, too. So make sure to put that down on your calendars. Skipping on down. YFC is looking for volunteers for the junior drop-in, uh, particularly starting up in September. So talk to Dawson for more information on that or track down Tyson. Uh, Valley View is looking for more volunteers for more positions uh, every week for the rest of camp. If I just get in touch with them, they will be able to sort you out. And we have Rachel Penner has a church mailbox there and kids doodle sheets are in the back. All right, any more announcements? All right, so now we get to the items of prayer. And we have a couple additions there. First off, for Isabel and Sarah as they make uh, this wonderfully important decision in their lives. So we want to pray for them for that. 
Next, for Davis and Amber, it was a wonderful wedding yesterday, and they are off on their honeymoon now, so we want to pray a blessing on their marriage together. And Tina Sawatsky, I have an update on that. She had her pacemaker put in, and she is back in Portage, and she is feeling better than she has in months. So that is absolutely God answering prayer there. So we want to pray that she will be out of the hospital soon and home, that the recovery continues to go well, but also praise God that the pacemaker is doing such a wonderful job so far. Um, Then we also want to continue praying for uh, Dorothy Giesbrecht's son, Tyler. He just finished uh, his chemo and his intensive, uh, and we want to pray for uh, in, uh, recovery over the time to come that it takes and that it is successful. And I have one more announcement, and this one is uh, wonderfully unexpected. Uh, we have a new baby in our congregation, uh, Madeline Eloise Duick, born this morning at 150, no, 1252. They booked it straight from uh, the wedding yesterday to Brandon. So, born seven pounds, eight ounces, uh, 20 and a half inches. So we all look forward to, well, yeah, let's clap for that one. So we all look forward to meeting that little one soon. All right, then... Let's go now into a time of prayer. Dear God, we come before you this morning with some wonderful items of praise. Praise for this little bundle of joy that came unexpectedly soon, but exactly on time. God, we thank you so much that baby and mother are doing well. We thank you so much that they could make it from here all the way to Brandon in time. God, we pray a blessing on that little child. We pray a blessing on the family, and we pray a blessing on them, particularly as they re-baby-proof their house, even though they weren't expecting to have to do that for another month's time. But God, this is wonderful news. And so we thank you for the safety. We thank you for little Madeline. And God, we also want to say thank you for Isabel and for Sarah and this decision that they have made to declare themselves following you. Lord, this is no small thing. This is a wonderful step that they are making in their lives, and God, we rejoice with them. And so we also pray that over the weeks and the months to come, you walk with them, that you guide them and that you act in us what it is that we need to to support them along the way. But we thank you, our Lord. And we also want to say thank you for Davis and Amber. We want to say thank you that their wedding was a wonderful day of celebration together. And we also want to say thank you for the impact that they have had on each one of our lives so far and will continue to as well. We also want to pray a blessing on their marriage to come. Let it be a strong one. Let it be one that is grounded in love. Let it be one that is grounded in you. God, we look forward to seeing the home that they will build together. 
And God, we also want to say thank you once again for Tina, but also pray for her recovery. We want to say thank you that the pacemaker is doing a wonderful job at making her feel what she has not in a while feel better. God, we thank you so much that that was what was needed, but now we pray for recovery. We pray that soon she will be out of the hospital and with us again. We pray that there will be no further complications or anything like that. Lord, we say thank you, but also, Lord, we continue to pray for her until she is home safe and sound. And God, we also want to bring before you Tyler this morning It feels like the cancer came on so very suddenly. And so, God, we pray, thank you that his treatments could start as quickly as they did. God, we pray that they take. God, we pray that they wipe it all out. God, we pray that we will hear of his recovery soon. Lord, all of these things we bring before you this morning and all of these things we place at your feet, knowing that you are a God who is so capable that he can handle all of them and then some. Lord, in your name we pray. Amen. All right. So, for the service today, for the sermon, as you'll remember, we moved into a new series a couple weeks back. And in many ways, it seems like an odd series to be talking about when it comes to a baptism Sunday, because what we've been talking about is when we feel distant from God, for all the reasons that we might feel distant from God, all the reasons that that might impact us, how it makes us feel drained, how it makes us feel like things are not right. And... All of the ways that we can address that, all of the ways that we can find our way more receptive to our Lord again. That is what our series has been about so far. And that might seem like an odd one for a baptism Sunday, but very purposely I picked this one because I wanted to leave you two young women with a bit of advice. And we're going to get to that today because... I find that of all of the reasons that our faith walk can struggle, there is one that has become more common than pretty much any other. And so I wanted to give you some advice to start you on this new chapter of your lives together and hopefully head off some of the problems that might come up before they arise. And so what we'll be talking about today is reasons that we feel distant from God that are related to being in the presence of our Lord, or more accurately, having trouble finding our way to the presence of our Lord. And to show you what I mean by that, I'm going to start by telling you a little bit of a story, a little bit of an illustration. And I suspect that everyone is going to hear themselves in this a little bit. Imagine that you have... A really good friend, the type of friend that you can share everything with. Could be a spouse, could just be a friend, could be anything really. Somebody that it just, conversation comes really naturally 
with. Conversation just kind of flows. Conversation just is there, right? Somebody that you could talk about literally anything with, the most vapid of the shallow, and somebody you can also talk about the deepest of the deep things with. Everybody's imagining someone, because I think everybody has had somebody like that in their lives. And then, imagine one day an opportunity comes up, maybe a new job that will take you away, but it's the type of job that you're very excited about. It's your dream job. Or maybe there is an opening on the local sports team. You can really tell that I was the sporty one, calling it a sports team. Or maybe there's an opening on a, I don't know, a board of some sort to do, like Canets or something like that in the community. Maybe a band needs a new guitarist or drummer, something like that. Something that is wonderful, something that you're going to just absolutely find life in, something you're going to absolutely just be drawn to, and it's going to be wonderful. And so you, of course, say yes. And this friend of yours, they are absolutely excited for you that you are doing that too because they are a friend you share everything. This is a friend that is celebrating when you are happy. This is a friend that is sad when you are sad. So, of course, they are excited for you in this new chapter of your life. So off you go and you start it. And if it's a job, what happens when you are in a job that just is your everything? You start off at your 35 hours a week. Somehow that finds its way to 40 hours a week. Somehow that finds its way to 50 hours a week. Or maybe it's something you're doing after, right? Like one day somehow manages to turn into two, turn into three. And before you know it, you are busy all the time. It's a weird state of being, being busy all the time. Because something that before just brought you such life and such happiness, when that's the case, it just, you don't even notice it happening, do you? It just is like this thing that was so exciting just becomes this thing that you need to power through. It's so natural, that transition, that it sneaks up on you. But then you keep going, and before you know it, the things that you were excited to do become the things you will yourself through. And you get home just to fall asleep, just to wake up early to do it again. And so you say to yourself, what do you say to yourself? You say to yourself, I haven't seen my friend in a while. I've been spending all my time doing this other thing. I'm going to get together with them. And obviously, you need to reschedule four or five, six times. That's just how it works. And you get together, and you are so excited because you're going to blow off steam, you're going to have a great time, and you are just going to, it's going to be like the old days. And then you go to talk about the same things you used to, and you just kind of, the moment they come before you, you blurt it out. You're like, ah, how are you doing? How's your day? And they answer, good. Pause. It's the most painful pause in the world, if you've ever experienced this before. And you're like, ah, oh, what did you have for food yesterday? Because you suddenly are off your game. You don't know what to ask anymore. Brussels sprout. Brussels sprout. Hamburger. There we go. Pause. Any of you that have had kids before, 
I think you can kind of remember this one happening with your spouse, where you don't even realize you're talking about your kids every time you're together, and then finally you go out on a date after who knows how long, yes, this has happened to me, and you're just sitting there in your best, and then you start talking, and then pause, because you realize that you've gotten so used to only talking about your kids that you just don't know what else is there. And that happens with with just everything, right? You're doing your job. You're spending all of your time at that. Your life becomes about that because that's how people are. People grow. People embody what it is that they do and it becomes a part of them and it becomes a bigger and bigger part of them. But the other person is also growing, right? The other person is also growing. And so you kind of lose the ability to talk about things that are not the thing that you're doing all the time. And just that painful pause. I think often we think that when we grow apart from each other, that's just kind of it. But that's not really how people are. You can grow back toward each other again. It just takes a bit of work. Sometimes a lot. But it can happen. When I talk about feeling distant from God because we have trouble coming before his presence. This is what I mean. And this is why, young women, I say that this is, of all of the reasons you're going to feel distant from God over the years to come, and you will at times feel so close that it is like you are just talking like old friends, but there will also be times when it will feel like this. And these days, it's almost always this is the cause. You get over busy. Not necessarily even with bad things. Life just sneaks up on you. These days, I think it's actually kind of hard for life not to sneak up on us. Here's my millennial speak coming out. The average income, when adjusted for inflation, hasn't actually gone up since the 1980s. The cost of living sure has. I mean, if particularly if we're talking housing, we're talking education, sorry to spoil this one for you, talking cars, those have gone up thousands of times past what the cost of living is. And so to a certain extent, like, you have to work to just get by, to say nothing about having a comfortable life. But it means that you get drawn into that. You get drawn into that being so busy that you can't hear God. First Kings, Elijah comes before the presence of God and he describes it as hearing like a gentle whisper. The fortunate truth about it is how can you hear a gentle whisper if you are always on the go? The church has gone through these things before. There have been other times when the church has been this level of busy all the time. Not actually all that far ago. Like when they invented the light bulb in the first place and factories became a thing, like 100 hour weeks were kind of standard. It got to the point where like there was almost a workers' revolt for the point that they needed to get Sundays off at least. 
the church has gone through these periods of time where everybody was so busy that they had trouble encountering God. And when those times have come, this is the thing that they found that they needed to remember. They needed to remember what what the Bible says about exactly this. Genesis 1, God creates the heavens and the earth. God creates all things. God creates human beings and animals and fish and plants and everything he says is good, right? Then what does he do on the last day? He rests. What is the third commandment? That's a couple books later. Thou shalt keep the Sabbath holy. The Sabbath, the day of rest. They shall guard that. It shall be important. It shall be kept holy. As you go through the books of the law, as you go through the Old Testament, as you go through the New Testament, rest again and again and again. We need to rest. We were created as human beings with that need to rest. With that need to slow down, that need to unplug, that need to be quiet, to listen to the voice of God. And yet all too often, we fall into that trap of taking on more and more and more. If I were to be a suspicious one, although we never really think of it like this, maybe it's because we're trying to figure that we can one-up God and be busy all the time. Even he rested. So, what do we do? And here is where my advice for you two is going to come in. Because... You are starting out on this path and it is going to be a whole lot easier to deal with this now than it will be even in a couple years' time. I have no doubt that both of your lives are quite busy. I remember grade 12. I remember grade 11. I remember all of the things. My parents are here today. I think that maybe they would disagree with how busy I was in those years. But... I remember feeling busy at times, and I remember all my friends were, so. I hate to say this, but the world is going to become a lot busier for you very soon. Isabel, you were off to Brandon University. When you were up here and you said the joke that, I'm going to Brandon, I'm going to go to university, and then, I, I don't know, Don't worry, (laughs) you will find that there will be plenty of things to do. And Sarah, you are going into grade 12, and you have so many bright ideas, and I have no doubt that you are going to find plenty of things to do as well. Both of you, they're very bright, very capable. People will want you to do things to build things, and it will be all good. But hear me when I say this, that it will be so much easier for you 
as you were getting into all of these new things, to set aside a time where it is just for you to rest and say, this is mine now than if you got involved with everything and then tried to carve that out for you yourself. That is my advice for you. Take some time, say, this is mine. And then whenever people are like, can you do whatever at this time of day, at this day of the week, say, no, no, I'm already busy. You don't even need to tell them why. Just say, I'm already busy. And keep that for you. Keep that for you to just rest. If you can do that already, it will be so much easier. And if you can do that already, you will find that your walk with God will go so much better than it has for so many of the rest of us. When we go through those ups and downs where we are just needing rest. Today you are making the decision to declare that you are following God, that you are his. And that comes with it, the responsibility of spending time listening to him, spending time in his presence. And the more sacred you make that Sabbath, the more important to you you make that time where that is what you do. Now, before all of the rest of the things come in, the easier it will be to keep at it. But for the rest of us, I hate to say it, this is still true for us today. When we get that over busy and we can't hear the voice of God, more often than not, it's just because we need that time to unwind. We need that time to slow down. We need that time to listen to him. And when we have already have our schedule done, it can be genuinely difficult to just take out that time for that. That time to unplug our phones. That time to just listen. But that doesn't mean we don't need to do it. So if you can cut that time, however much you need from your work schedule, like, great. But hear me when I say that even the things you do after work that are the things that you truly love to do, you still need that time. It is how we are made. And trust me when I say that if you give yourself that time, the things that once were sweet that no longer are, your taste for them will come back a little bit. You will find that where once God was so distant, maybe you can hear him again a little clearer. Make the Sabbath holy again. Do that, and you will hear that gentle whisper of our God. So with that advice laid down, let's get to the part that everybody is excited about. Today, we are having a baptism. And here is what the EMC has to say about what baptism is in our minister's manual. Baptism is the act by which Christ welcomes sinners, takes them into his body, and makes them disciples in the name of the Father and the Son 
and the Holy Spirit. That's from Matthew 18, 18 to 20. Baptism is the church's central act of hospitality even. That's from Galatians 3, verses 27 and 28. Baptism can thus be called an ordinance of conversion. Mere water alone cannot affect that conversion, but when an adult is moved by the Spirit to believe in Jesus and contends to be baptized, having counted the cost that it will come, which we have done over the last number of months in our baptism classes, it becomes the rite in which a person is publicly taken into the way of the cross. This commitment before God and the church happens through the power of the Holy Spirit who moves the heart to repentance from sin and confession of faith in Jesus Christ. Baptism is not a milestone or a high achievement in a believer's life, but rather it is a disciple's first act of obedience. It is the entrance into the fellowship of the church. Baptism must be followed by further teaching, further fellowship, further breaking of bread and prayer with other believers, as we read in Acts 2, verses 42. Sarah and Isabel, it has been an absolute delight over the last couple weeks going through our baptism classes. It's been a lot of fun for Shannon and I to go through them with you. And I am genuinely excited for you both now as you take this step in your faith. And so I'd like to ask you both forward as well as Beth, who is Sarah's mentor, uh, to give your testimonies for us today. Okay. Hi, I'm Sarah, and um, I grew up in a loving Christian family with an amazing, a loving Christian home with an amazing family. I did all the normal Christian kid things. I went to church, went to Sunday school, um, and I feel like all the essential Christian things I generally took as a given. They were the things that I was taught as a kid, so that must be how it is. These universal truths were comforting, comforting to me, but at the time, I wasn't really inspired to ask questions or learn about what I believed. However, in the past couple of years, I've wanted to learn more about the specifics of what it means for me to follow the way of Jesus. This journey has been enlightening, and I'm excited to see where it takes me in the future. I've been really lucky to have an amazing mentor like Bethany, who's supportive and welcoming, and loving parents who encourage me to learn about myself and the world around me. A verse that I really like is Micah 4, verse 4. Um, Everyone will sit under their own vine and fig tree, and no one will make them afraid, for the Lord Almighty has spoken. And I think that verse really speaks to, like, the peace and comfort that we can find in Jesus. Thank you. Wow. Sarah, okay, I'm going to be speaking like to you, but do you want to just come up here? (laughs) That'll be less awkward. Hi. I have loved watching you grow in the last, like honestly, year. It's been really significant. And you have asked such thoughtful questions and have not kind of taken things for granted. and, And like you know, Russell even said in the, the baptismal, 
kind of almost definition, you've counted the cost and you've really considered, do I want to be a follower of Jesus? And, and you've really thought about it, considered it, and have decided, yes, this guy is going to be my, my teacher. And like as we talked about in Bible study, if Jesus really is our rabbi and our teacher, then how can we be his student or apprentice? And that's to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what he did. And so I encourage you with that as you go forward to just think about what does it mean to really be a follower of Jesus? Um, And just keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of your faith, and um, keep him as the center, and just really um, consider yourself a student and him as the teacher and the guide. And um, I'm so excited to be a support to you in the future, and I'm really proud of you. Hi, I'm Isabel Taves, if you didn't already know, uh, daughter of uh, Mike and Amy Taves, sister to Brayden and Colby. I am 17 years old. Growing up in a Christian household is exactly like you would think. I accepted Christ at a young age and began my journey as a follower of Jesus. I went to church and Sunday school. I would listen to the services, but for me, Sunday school was the interesting part. As a kid, I never really liked to sit through the services, I would always be at the back table coloring or drawing on the church bulletin. As I got older, life got harder, especially when anxiety creeped in. Middle school was rough, especially grade seven. Kids are cruel and will say and do whatever they can to be cool. That's when I really learned how to forgive and forget. When I got to high school, everything was okay, but then COVID hit and that put a downer on my normal high school experience. I soon began to prioritize friends and school over my relationship with God. I would go to church and learn about God. However, I did not take the lessons to heart. This year, I had lots of challenges. I had to face reality and becoming an adult. And man, (laughs) I feel old, 16 feels like a lifetime ago. But graduating means moving on, and I'm not very good at that. I am going to university in the fall, and that means I'm going to move out of my small town bubble. That means I will have to face things that I don't really have to agree with and have to stay strong in my beliefs. There's this verse that my mom came across, Proverbs 4, 23. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows springs of life. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. This verse talks about guarding your heart, which is something I will have to do lots in the coming years. I wanted to get baptized to learn about God and become stronger in my faith. But above all, to proclaim God as my Savior and that I believe Jesus died on the cross to save us from our sins. Isabel has chosen Cassie to be her mentor, and Cassie unfortunately couldn't be with us today, but she sent me these words uh, to share. Oh yeah, this is, I look at you. Isabel, oh where to start. I'm so sorry that I couldn't be there today to celebrate with you. I'm so very proud of you for taking this step a public declaration of your love 
for Jesus and are going to continue to serve him with all that you are. Hearing your heart around baptism and why you're choosing to get baptized today, it has been so beautiful. I know this next step in life will come with its challenges, but seeing you choose to declare who you are as a servant of God fills him and me with joy. You have an entire community behind you, not just me or Russell, or your family, but all of these many people that are here today. They will be a reminder and a support for you over the time to come. It is so wonderful to see you become a woman that God created you to be, who is intentionally unique. Your heart for others has been an encouragement to me all of these years, even though the hard times and even through them, you've continued to show God's love in how you care for others around you. I look forward to seeing how you continue to grow into adulthood, and I'm honored to be able to be with you on that journey. Have a great day. I love you, and I'll see you when I get back. All right. I would like to ask Isabel and Sarah's fathers forward. They have agreed to help with the baptism today. If the two of you could stand up here for just a moment, we got some words to say. Sarah, Isabel, do you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, that the Bible is the word of God, and that salvation is only through the Lord Jesus Christ if so, answer, with the help of God, we do. Do you reject Satan and all rebellion against God? Do you repent of your sin, welcome Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and surrender your will to following him as the scriptures teach? If so, answer, with the help of God, we do. Do you accept our church's statement of faith? And will you support the church with your prayers, gifts, and services as God enables? If so, answer, with the help of God, we will. With the help of God, we will. And do you desire upon this profession to be baptized and received into the fellowship of this church? If so, answer, with the help of God, we do. With the help of God, we do. Wonderful. But it is a baptism which means that though it is their big day, we are a part of it as well. And so to show that, not only do I have some vows for us to make, but first we are going to recite together the Apostles' Creed, the statement that all of the church can agree that this is what it means to be a Christian. You'll find it up there. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, from where he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy universal church, the communion of saints, 
the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Congregation, I ask you this. Do you say amen to what you have heard? And do you rejoice that Sarah and Isabel are discovering the salvation that is in Jesus Christ alone? And do you welcome them into the covenant which is Christ's church in this place? If so, with the help of God, answer together, we do. We do. Please bow with me now in prayer. Gracious God and Father of our Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are bringing Sarah and Isabel to a knowledge of your great love and are giving them the empowering grace of your Holy Spirit. As you said to your son at his baptism, we hear you say here again today, these are my beloved daughters in whom are well pleased. As your church baptizes those whom you call We pray that you would take them into your care and bring them home to heaven. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. All right, we have two different types of baptism this morning, each with their own symbolism. First, we are going to baptize Sarah by pouring. Sarah, Upon your profession that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and upon your confession and repentance of sin, and upon your faith in Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I now extend to you the right hand of fellowship. May God bless you and keep you forever. We had the heater in there all night. (laughs) Isabel, upon your profession that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and upon your confession and repentance of sin, and upon your faith in Jesus Christ, we baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Extend to you now the right hand of fellowship. Together, one more time, let's cheer everything we are. Isabel helped us choose some songs, so How Great Is Our God and My Lighthouse were favorites of hers. And Sarah helped us choose this last one, For the Beauty of the Earth. So let's sing the first four verses, and then we'll do the benediction. So that's number 560 if you want the notes. Men on verse 2, men and boys, and uh, women and girls on verse 3.
not belabor the point so you can all congratulate them to both yourself. Our benediction today comes from the book of Jude. And now all glory to God who is able to keep you from stumbling and who will bring you into his glorious presence, innocent of sin and with great joy. All glory to him who alone is God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Yes, glory, majesty, power, and authority belong to him in the beginning, now, and forevermore. Amen. For thy selfest gift divine to our race so freely Great love of thine, peace on earth and joy in heaven, Lord of all to.